Broadcasting to New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, Sydney, London, and around the world, this is Trumpet Radio Live. Thanks for joining us here on Trumpet Radio Live on 101.3 KPCG, and we're online to kpcg.fm and a live link at thetrumpet.com coming up on today's Monday edition. We're going to take a look at some stories uh, from over the weekend, uh, some interesting uh, headlines to look at, and a lot of them have to do with uh, honesty and dishonesty, which is sort of interesting the way that worked out. So we're going to finish today's program taking a look at that topic of honesty. It's important, extremely important. We'll take a look at that and more, I promise, coming up on this edition of Trumpet Radio Live. Trumpet Radio Live. Thanks for joining us here on Trumpet Radio Live on 101.3 KPCG. And uh, we're online there at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com as well. A lot of listeners around the world, anywhere where there's the internet, and people can tune into the internet. Is that the way to say it? Tune into the internet? Log on to the... Get on to the internet. I don't know how you say it. There's so many options. So many mixes of metaphors there. So many different technologies out there. And uh, we got some stories related to some internet technology today that are very interesting. They're not just the for the tech geeks. They're, we can all understand what some of these stories will be about. I'm Dwight Volk, Grant Turgeon's here today. A nice weekend. It was beautiful here in Edmond, Oklahoma City area. It was up in the mid-60s yesterday. We, had to, we just had some uh, wonderful weather. So really enjoyed it. Cooled down a little bit today, but can't complain. It's been it's been wonderful. So uh, anytime it's January and you can you can put shorts on and feel comfortable in it, that's that's a successful day. Yeah, our family went for a nice walk yesterday just because it was perfect outside. It was it felt like it was already April just with the you know weather around in the 60s and the sun was out and it was clear. Uh, it's a real blessing to have that in January. Yeah, for sure. For those of you that are that are keeping a score at home, uh, you may know that we started our uh, here at Herbert W. Armstrong College, where we're broadcasting from. We started our uh, intramural basketball season, and uh, Grant and I, friends on the air, bitter rivals off the air, <laughs> and uh, we Grant's team uh, defeated the team that I'm on. So we, I lost. He won. Um, I'll just admit it. Just throw it out there. It's what happened. So you can, <laughs> we, we'll probably play again sometime. But but just if you're keeping score at home, Grant won, Dwight zero. <laughs> the, a really overlooked as, aspect sometimes is just the ability to defensive rebound because it, it helped a lot that we were able to stop you guys, but then actually get the rebound too. Because even mentally, it's so demoralizing when you you feel like you worked hard to stop the other team from scoring, and then they get like two or three extra shots every time. So our team really did a great job rebounding, which is probably the reason we won. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm at my age. I'm playing two games at once. I'm playing the actual game of basketball out there, or trying to, and then I'm playing the uh, constantly monitoring my body. Yeah, like are things working? Are things moving like they're supposed to? Why does that hurt? <laughs> so it's like, as the older you get, you kind of you play two different games at the same time. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and it's funny watching my brother out there, who's who's on my team now, yeah. and. Uh, and he's he's only 16, so he's just sprinting up and down and 
running over people, yeah. running into people without any any care of how that might feel later. Well, we <laughs> just sh- no 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 fear whatsoever. No, we should. I should have known that would happen because he he's the only player wearing a teeth guard. Oh yeah. So whenever right. you see a guy put in a teeth guard, you think, <laughs> what's about to happen here? <laughs> so he was ready for action. Yeah, it's funny because uh, I I tried to hold myself back from making fun of him about that because he was also on my flag football team uh, during the fall and he put that in and for a few games nothing happened but then one game he got a like someone ran into him and his the guy's head hit my brother right in the jaw Mm. so then I then I was like yeah I'm glad I didn't pressure him to stop wearing that because he could have really gotten hurt and I guess even in that basketball the game game the other night he got caught with an elbow like right above his upper teeth so again he it's like he's expecting to get hit and, and at least he's ready for it if he comes out with a helmet next time then we'll know it's even more serious shoulder pads <laughs> cleats for the basketball game you gotta you gotta make sure these these young guys don't don't uh trample us sometimes yeah just get out of the way and take take your two points i don't need the i don't need the concussion one of the big stories uh, over the weekend, I, well, I guess it's big, big in entertainment news, is they had uh, the Grammy Awards uh, Sunday night. Grammy ratings, they fall. Can you believe it? They're really low. Oh. Deadline reported that uh, they had a 12.7 slash 21 in metered market ratings. They're recording Academy's big uh, hootenanny. <laughs> don't, don't, hear that. don't see that word too many times. Hootenanny was also way down from the earlier numbers. Uh, way down by that they mean uh, just over twenty percent decline from last year. So it was very, it was very political. I guess I didn't watch any of it. Uh, I did at one point in the evening. It did occur to me like, oh, I think the Grammys are on, and then I, but I didn't care to watch it. Uh, and, and a big part of it being is just uh, that it would be so political, and then some of the music that's on there, quote unquote music, <laughs> is pretty despicable. But, it, uh, but being so political as it was, I think that turned off probably a lot of potential viewers. My wife was watching Shark Tank last night, and I asked her if I could inspect the remote, but she made sure I I couldn't actually change the channel. So I saw it was on there, thought about checking it, but I knew I had told her I wouldn't change the channel, so I didn't get a chance to see what it, what was happening there. I like that show, Shark Tank. It's really good. Yeah, I, I I was glad she made me not change the channel. Yeah, they had some a lot of political commentary and so forth on the Grammys. So and then of course they also were really promoting this Me Too movement. I think the the ladies had white flowers or something. But then there's always some things about that that are sort of ironic. And one being that mostly men won, which I'm not saying is good or bad, but it is interesting. And then uh, some some of the performances that they highlight, they have some pretty uh, scantily clad individuals parading around. And I was like, well, it's kind of a <laughs> you know, on one hand, you know, it's uh, it's just two arguments that don't really work out. They kind of go up against each other yeah and there was an an article before the grammys too about how apparently a lot of the people who are going to be on the stage have received training about some of the current issues like i don't know if it was how to respond to certain topics or or what it was exactly but it just again sounds like almost indoctrination like they all have to be going along with the same tagline yeah, it's really interesting. You know, the, one of the big stories here is all those social movements here in the U.S. and it always gets highlighted on these award shows. And then I think they even did this uh, skit. It was supposed to be funny, I guess, of certain people reading segments of Fire and Fury. One of them being Hillary Clinton. <laughs> so uh, th- that bombed from what I read. But anyway, <laughs> so 
So you have that going on here in the U.S., and it's a kind of a spectacle on the world stage. And then over the weekend in Russia, sort of quietly, there was some reports, but not as many. Vladimir Putin, I'm assuming, was the one responsible, but he had one of his rivals arrested. It's hauled off the streets, and they caught it on camera. So, you know, over here, they like a lot of people want to attack the leadership, but over there, you don't <laughs> because uh, you get taken uh, care of. And so... We should appreciate the freedoms we have in this land, but it, it'd be good to also respect common decency and, and law. Over here, people go as far as to you know impersonate, or I guess to uh, portray an assassination of our president in plays, in songs, and music videos. Uh, you know, in using using some some form of perverted modern art, and yet, if if they truly thought the president was an authoritarian, they would not be doing those types of things. I did see also, I think one of the acts during the show was, it was a rap uh, performance, and uh, I think they were trying to highlight so the supposed police violence, and uh, I guess they had their dancers, and then at some certain point they all fell down, you know, like they all got killed, and that was the big highlight of the show, I guess. Oh. Uh, but if you look at the headlines last week, there's, yeah, there's been some deaths, and it's been police officers being killed. Right. So, you know, that seems like uh, a very misinformed, to say the least, on that topic. Yeah, that's obviously a hot-button issue that uh, is only going to divide people. It's it's a real wonder why a lot of these people who are supposed to be our entertainers, who are supposed to give us something to maybe divert us from these things, are then feeling like it's their moral responsibility to lecture us about them instead. Yeah, and uh, no, no position to, to, to really do that. Uh, here's a couple of stories that are really interesting in relation to technology, and uh, it does tie into celebrity as well, and at least with this story. It's from the New York Times, and uh, if you if you know much about Twitter, and you can follow us on Twitter, by the way, at KPCGFM. I'll throw that in there. But if you know about Twitter, a lot of people want, of course, a lot of followers. That's a really big issue. You know, the more followers you have, the more popular you are, and so on. Well, they've uh, this New York Times piece uh, investigates companies that are selling these fake followers, even to celebrities. So sometimes when you look at people and they have all these followers, they're not real people following them. <laughs> there, I've heard of that for for quite a few people. Or even just some of the people responding to their tweets will say, "How are you doing with those thirty thousand fake followers?" I don't know if it's true, but uh, that is a common insult, at least now, because that is. I guess that's something that people are willing to pay good money for. Apparently, apparently, it matters a lot to some people if they have more, a bigger number at their follower button, even though they're all fake. Well, it can make it can make money for them. If I mean, if if they're a celebrity or if they're well known and they have all these followers, they get paid for their their tweets. You know, the oh, uh, like yeah. Oreo cookies or whatever they'll throw out there, and you get paid. Well, a lot of cases, uh, these are not real followers that are following them. Uh, it says all these accounts, this write-up from New York Times, says all these accounts belong to customers of an obscure American company named Devumi, D-E-V-U-M-I, that has collected millions of dollars in a shadowy global marketplace for social media fraud. They sell Twitter followers and retweets to celebrities, businesses, and anyone who wants to appear more popular or exert influence online. Drawing on an estimated stock of at least 3.5 million automated accounts, each sold many times over, the company has provided customers with more than 200 million Twitter followers. The accounts that most resemble real people reveal a kind of large-scale social identity theft. At least 55,000 of the accounts use the names, profile pictures, hometowns, 
and other personal details of real Twitter users, including minors, according to the Times data analysis. But they'll change it just a touch. So some of them are, are very close to real people, and others are completely fabricated. Oh. But um, in any event, you can purchase these followers. I could do it today. You could do it. Anybody could do it. And it seems like the a big way or a big reason to do that would be to rip off advertisers. Probably, probably whenever it comes to online or um, social media marketing, that is the first thing that a lot of those advertisers will look at is how many followers you have, what will be the reach and the impact of each tweet. So maybe there would be some incentive there for people to just accumulate some fake followers, uh, which obviously is a form of lying. And then, of course, the, the all these all these different accounts, too. That would be pretty alarming if you thought uh, you saw two versions of yourself online because you searched yourself and then there's this totally f- fake version out there. Yeah, some people have found it. They found them, but it's a little bit different, but it's their picture, it's their hometown, it's their information, and they're following all these people that they're not following. So they've made like a carbon copy almost and then tweaked it just a touch to make it look more legitimate. So people say, well, that looks like a real person. So it's just lying, and it's so interesting how though a lot of people do use Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, and by the way, they'll sell you Facebook likes, they'll sell you YouTube views, they'll Mm -hmm. sell anything. Uh, while there are a lot of people involved in these, there's also a lot, there's not as many as it appears. You know, it's like everyone's, oh man, I've got to do this and I've got to do that and keep up. But a lot of it's just fabricated and it's just a lie. It's just fake. And they say these accounts are, are counterfeit coins in a booming economy of online influence, reaching into virtually any industry where mass audience or the illusion of it can be monetized. Fake accounts deployed by governments, criminals, and entrepreneurs now infest social media networks. By some calculations, as many as 48 million of Twitter's reported active users, nearly 15% are automated. They're not even real people. 15%. And even governments buy these users to make their propaganda seem more relevant. Wow, that just shows us maybe we should put a little bit less stock in just the sheer number of views or likes or followers because a lot of it's just... Fake. I mean, really what matters is the content of whatever the post is, uh, and you won't find any better content than we have at thetrumpet.com either. Yeah, it's getting harder and harder to find the truth of a matter. Everything's an illusion now. And uh, I have wondered, I don't, I'm not a big, you know, Twitter guy other than a few station-related uh, details, but um, you know, occasionally you'll see somebody pop up in your feed or something and, and you think, wow, I mean, I know that person's mm, sort of known out there, but why would they have that many followers? Right. Like, why would anyone care what so uh, this reality TV star is doing? Well, a lot of people actually don't. <laughs> the Times reviewed businesses and court records showing that this company, Davumi, has more than 200,000 customers, including reality television stars, professional athletes, comedians, TED speakers, Pastors and models. <laughs> Pastors, come on. <laughs> Pastors oh. buying fake fake uh, followers? It's lying. It is. <laughs> They're lying. <laughs> if you're a reality TV star, I think you, people maybe expect it, though nobody should lie, but if you're a pastor, it says <laughs> in most cases the records show they purchase their own followers and others, uh, their employees, agents, and public relations companies maybe bought it for them, so maybe they didn't buy it themselves. For just pennies each, sometimes even less, Davumi offers Twitter followers, views on YouTube, plays on SoundCloud, the music hosting site, and endorsements on LinkedIn. Oh. <laughs> the professional networks are, I, I endorse this person for so-and-so. You can, <laughs> you can buy it all, man. Wow, people could even get a job based yeah. on a fake endorsement. and There's just no 
honesty in, in there whatsoever. It's just it's disappointing to hear about that, but in a way, obviously not too surprising. Uh, it's just I, I don't know. It's just <laughs> it's just kind of sad that that we've gotten to this point that uh, people are so obsessed with comparing themselves to each other that it, they have to have more. It, it almost sounds like. Um, in baseball when steroids were really prevalent and and guys were trying to keep up with with one guy one guy hits 40 home runs and the and the next guy's like well look at him he he just made millions of dollars on his next contract and he was cheating but at least he was making millions of dollars and so the next guy tries it and the only way to keep up is by uh cheating if you're if you're always trying to compare yourself to other people you're going to be cheating to get ahead, lying to a bunch of people, and just basically staining your character uh, for just a bit, a few moments of gain. That's right. Yeah, I could see people thinking that. Well, how, I, I, you know, if my competitor is buying all these fake uh, accounts, well, I have to buy them too. These fake followers, high follower accounts are are uh, also critical for these so-called influencers. Are you an influencer? <laughs> A budding market of amateur tastemakers and YouTube stars where advertisers now lavish billions of dollars a year on sponsorship deals. The more people influencers reach, the more money they make. Listen to this. According to data collected by Captivate, with an 8 at the end because it's clever, <laughs> a company that connects influencers to brands, an influencer with 100,000 followers might earn an average of $2,000 for a promotional tweet. So if you had 100,000 followers and people thought of you as somebody that was an influencer, you're just sitting around saying, oh, yeah, I like, you know, you'll play yogurt and tweet it out there and you made 2,000 bucks. I'd be doing it all day. <laughs> Sound of cash registers. Uh, while an influencer with a million followers, you might make $20,000 a tweet. Wow. And people say, where do, the, where do like the Kardashians get their, their money from? A lot of it's from stuff like this. Yeah, it makes you wonder why we even have these numbers that you can track if none of it's even real. If none of it's even legitimate, why do you have views on on YouTube or why do you have followers on on uh, Twitter or likes on Facebook? What's the point of all that if it's all if it's all fake? I mean, I guess different people are seeing ways to make money illegitimately. Uh, but even even with those uh, promotional tweets, probably the athlete or the celebrity himself didn't even send that out. They probably had someone working on it all day and crafting it to be the exact right language with the, the, the right uh, Twitter handle posted in there and a couple of hashtags as well. It, it, it might say, I like Yo Play, but it's probably someone's account manager posting that too. Well, you remember when Oprah got busted for doing that? <laughs> she sent out like, I love my new Samsung, and then the bottom it said, sent for my iPhone. <laughs> Because she, she didn't she didn't realize that they had that on there. <laughs> oh, no. Well, they don't care. They'll they'll peddle anything to you. I mean, and I you know I can understand why they would. So uh, this this company Davumi they of course declined to comment. Said no, it's all above board. But uh, the New York Times actually uh, decided to sign up and become a client. At least this uh, this writer did. In April, the Times set up a test account on Twitter and paid Davumi two hundred twenty five dollars for twenty five thousand followers or about a penny each, as advertised. The first 10,000 or so looked like real people. They had pictures and full names and, and were mimicking other real people. But then later they were uh, obviously fake. But they would change things like some lowercase letters, et cetera, et cetera. So that's not bad. 225 bucks, you can become very popular. <laughs> 25,000 followers. That is, see, look, it's it's made available so easily that why wouldn't 
a lot of people try to take advantage of that. They probably most people wouldn't even consider that lying if they if they paid their money for it. They feel they almost feel like they earned it, even though it is a way of deceiving a lot of people at the same time. Yeah, it really is. It's a shame, but it just I, you know I think the more any investigations dig into things like this, the more deception you find, and you think, oh wow, that's I don't know. We we live in a world where I think we all realize there's a lot of lying. But at the same time, I find myself sometimes believing too much. Like, oh, that person just has a lot of followers, you know. Not that you want to be the critic. I mean, maybe maybe they do. Maybe they're really important. But but a lot of it is just smoke and mirrors. And that's what Hollywood's about, you know, celebrities and all that. It's, it's smoke and mirrors. It's not really real. Yeah, so many different uh, facets of society have come crumbling down where we thought it was legitimate and then... It wasn't <laughs> a big example. Is like the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> they had to change it to World Wrestling Entertainment because people found out it was fake. Finally, no, that's not real. No, I guess not. <laughs> Still real to me. <laughs> but that, I mean, it's just all these different uh, areas where uh, I guess it's profitable to pretend like it's real as long as you can until you finally get caught. But even when you get caught, it's in the news for like ten minutes and then people move on anyway. So even the repercussions for lying aren't there that you don't get you usually don't get thrown in prison for lying in most cases unless it's a, a serious criminal federal offense but uh you know you might get a few minutes of scorn if you actually get caught and then people just move on yeah and then a lot of times people say well what do you expect you know everybody lies right so we're gonna have more about that important topic later in the in the program here's another uh tech note this is hitting the news today and it's this is something i did not think of when you uh, say you take a jog or something, and if you have one of these Fitbits or even your phone, sometimes it'll track where you go because it's nice for, you know, I guess if you want to look at your data, see how much you ran, where you went. But it could be extremely dangerous, and it has become that. This is from the Chicago Tribune. An interactive map posted on the internet shows the whereabouts of people who use fitness devices such as Fitbit, but it also reveals highly sensitive information about the location and activities of soldiers at the U.S. military bases. Major security oversight. This got this this uh, global heat map published by the GPS tracking company Strava uses satellite information and it shows where people go. Now, if you look at a big city or anywhere, it's just a bunch of colors, people all over doing stuff. But somebody found it online and thought, I wonder if I looked at Syria, what would that show me? And they zoomed in and it shows you where the U.S. military bases are and it shows you where their soldiers go. Wow. That's not supposed to be uh, out there. So you can look at any of those areas that are more sparse except for military, and you can find out their locations. That's, yeah, again, it it just shows the uh, the dangers of sharing data or having all this data collected. Even when companies say that they won't share it, uh, it just turns out that a lot of the time it is being shared or it can be accessed if someone's clever enough. Here's just another example of that. And... Uh, it tar- it turns out it's actually very dangerous, and and we've had some instances like this where certain people or so- certain organizations have been extremely careless with the whereabouts of our soldiers and special agents, uh, not really understanding some of the ramifications of something like that. And it's pretty easy to assume it's U.S. personnel because you're not going to have some of these other foreign militaries wearing Fitbits, right? Things like that. Yeah. They say the global heat map was posted online in November of 2017, but the information it contains was only publicized on Saturday after a 20-year-old Australian student stumbled across it. Nathan Ruser 
who was studying international security in the Middle East, found out about the map's existence from a mapping blog and was inspired to look more closely. After a throwaway comment by his father, who observed that the map offered a snapshot of where rich white people are. (laughs) I wondered, he said, does it show U.S. soldiers? And he immediately zoomed in on Syria, and then he said it sort of lit up like a Christmas tree. And now you know where they are. (sighs) That that is a dead giveaway, and maybe maybe people might say that that's not a huge deal but if think about if certain data that's out there revealed to anyone who decided to to look where you were living at a particular time that's the situation that these soldiers are in it's not their actual home but it's where they're living right now and it, it can't be a comfortable feeling for them to know that whoever decides to look on there can know exactly where they are yeah, so that's uh, I'm sure they'll try to rectify that situation now in some way, but uh, or maybe they'll set up like a counter counterintelligence to it, like where you fake it <laughs> and you, you send like a dog out there running around with a Fitbit or something. So anyway, it's kind of interesting. Uh, tomorrow night, of course, uh, is the State of the Union President Trump's speech. That's going to cause some uh, opinions, I assume. Well, it turns out some college students, brightest and the best, of course. In America, uh, they're outraged by what he said, as they revealed in an interview uh, when they were asked, uh, students hate Trump's State of the Union, but it it didn't happen yet. Uh, That's the issue. So they went out on the street just to test their theory. This is from Leadership Institute, and they asked some students what they thought of the State of the Union, and the students were outraged, outraged, and they couldn't believe what they had heard. Uh, Again, uh, it has not happened yet. Why, why is it that people are so easily pressured into giving an answer to something like that? If it's whether it's lie witness news or whatever the source is, if you haven't seen an event, why can't you just admit it? I mean, it, it, we can't possibly see everything all the time yet. People are so eager to, to pretend like they were a part of it, even when they get exposed. Yeah. So you can watch the video if you'd like to. <laughs> people are very uh, upset about a speech that didn't happen yet. And why couldn't they just sit down listen to it carefully and rationally explain what they disagreed with instead of just reacting with emotional outrage uh, despite not hearing anything yet <laughs> right <laughs> yeah well that it, it also just highlights the fact that no matter what is said their their opinions already formed yeah you know he's bad the whatever side we like is good and they that would be a fantastic experiment if you could get the actual like speakers to buy into it where they said the exact opposite of what people were expecting and to see if the the bases would shift on that mm. or if they'd be like no it was great you know even even though they changed agendas completely because like you said i i think a lot of people don't really listen to it they a lot of people probably won't watch it they'll look at the headline on their chosen uh news site the next day and that'll inform their basic thought on it right and that's also might might reveal some of the dangers of the two-party system, which some of the founding fathers actually warned about, just just how uh, people have certain perceptions of certain political parties. And at this point, it's going to take decades to reverse those. It, even if Even if, like you said today, politicians on either side actually completely flip-flopped on all their issues, people would still perceive the Democrats a certain way and the Republicans a certain way for quite a long time. Uh, and just, just based on political affiliation, not like you said, not by necessarily what anyone is saying. It's going to be an interesting speech. 
So we'll see what uh, is said and what well, the response is. <laughs> what's she, actually said. Didn't you say Maxine Waters has the rebuttal? Well, I saw something about her. She was going to have a rebuttal, but then I saw an, another speaker mention. So my guess is she has a rebuttal, but it's not the official rebuttal. So she'll... Cause, That's what I thought it was, too. Yeah. Like, she's holding her own right. event, yeah. not, not the official yeah. Democratic Party rebuttal. But actually, yours, I'm sure it'll be extremely entertaining. You have to watch that. Yeah. Absolutely. What state... Do you know what state she represents? I think Isn't she also from California? Just she, just like uh, just like Nancy Pelosi is? Okay. Oh, I'm not sure. I think... You have to check. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure she is, but... I'm just stunned. Some of the comments that you hear different leaders make, and they yet they're still in office somehow. I'm like, how... Really? How yeah. is this happening? Yeah, and she's... She's living in a palace, basically, profiting off of, you know, the the principles of white guilt and minority oppression. Well, she'll have a rebuttal. Uh, <laughs> this is a story that I've seen a little bit, and I just kind of ignored it because it seems kind of ridiculous. But it's probably worth mentioning just as a safety precaution. From Fox News, teens eating more Tide Pods than ever despite efforts to stop the trend. You know, they get into these dares on YouTube where somebody does something stupid and then they dare people to do it and then they, they do it and they film themselves. And it's the same sort of thing, I think, where they, they they assume they'll get a lot of views and so it's a popularity contest. And it's always something kind of foolish and sometimes dangerous. Don't do this. Uh, it says, we cannot stress enough. This is from uh, a safety uh, representative. We cannot stress enough how dangerous this is to the health of individuals. It can lead to seizures, pulmonary edema respiratory arrest, coma, and even death. If you or a loved one misuses a laundry packet or has a question about the risk of exposure to one, immediately contact the National Poison Help Hotline. So people, some are still eating these things. They're for laundry, obviously. And it's it's just nonsense. But again, sometimes little kids maybe not think about it and they see somebody do it and they think it's fun and they'll try it. When I was a kid, I, I watched cartoons sometimes, and I saw they used to put clothespins on their nose when something smelled bad. So I tried it, and it hurt so bad because <laughs> it's a really one of those old wooden ones with like the metal clamp. But I always remember that thinking, like, you know, you're a kid, you're like, huh, that, I saw it, I'm going to try it. And then thankfully it just hurt, and I could stop it. It wasn't dangerous like this. But little kids especially, they might see this and try it. So be careful. Very true. I, I think that's uh, a big reason why some of these things happen sometimes is like they're portrayed in a certain way. Uh, and then it actually happens because there was actually a sketch uh, about how those Tide things kind of looks like they kind of look like gushers, like those candies that yeah. have a liquid burst of like fruity flavor once you bite into them. And the, the guy was sitting in alone in the office late at night and there's like a, a bunch of them poured out, a bunch of these Tide pods poured out on a table and he's looking at them and he just keeps thinking about them more and more. Finally, someone comes in there and breaks his attention. But then when the person leaves, he's looking at it again and then the scene cuts away and the next thing he's in an ambulance. So, I mean, obviously he must have tried eating one of those. And, and of course, it's a joke at the time that you make a sketch like that. But who knows if people might see something and then think, well, they kind of do look delicious or or like you said, it could just be teen stupidity as well. Yeah. Well, they're, they're colorful. And like yeah. I said, they look like mm, maybe that's candy and a little kid. They, they smell kind of nice. So yeah, you just have to be careful. And it's something, you, you know, as a parent, you may not think about too much like, Oh, it's just laundry detergent mm-hmm. packets, but they'll, they kids can grab them and get into them. So yeah. And there's a lot of, even for not just for little kids, but for, for teenagers, there's, there've been a lot of different trends of trying to, trying to like sniff markers and things like that, that, are supposed to provide like a temporary high and 
I mean, apparently the Tide Pods are so so poisonous that they could actually kill you, not just give you a high. Yep, got to be really careful with that. I actually went to middle school with a kid that didn't do that, but he got into a few things. I won't get the details, but uh, he died. I remember yeah. him. He was in my study hall. He just sat a couple tables over, and one day he wasn't there. He was messing around with some stuff. So Yeah, it's crazy how... Yeah, when I was in public school, how open some of the kids were with the stuff they were trying at home, like as if it was almost a point of pride, like they were bragging about it when anyone who's looking at that for the sound mind should realize that that's nothing to be proud of. Nothing, nothing that you should ever want to try if you have any value for your life. No, terrible stuff. So just be careful with that, uh, parents in particular. Make sure you stop and check out thetrumpet.com. Today, top story is Germany cracks down on Iranian spies, signals major shift. Germany is ending decades of tolerance and support for Iranian spies. And so, of course, if you followed the what's written at thetrumpet.com, you know that Germany and Iran are not going to be buds. I'll put it that way. <laughs> they're going to they're going to have a quite a bit of a uh, 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 conflict, and they're already starting to have more and more of that. So, make sure you look at that article there at thetrumpet.com. Also, the uh, Trumpet Daily today, Andrew Loker filling in for your regular host, uh, Stephen Fleury, who's in, uh, I think, Jerusalem or heading back, so he should be he should be back tomorrow, I think. But uh, great program today. One of the topics was fighting anxiety uh, with friendship. Uh, lots of uh, people face anxiety, and uh, it can become quite severe, sort of mental illness, sort of, uh, I guess, territory somewhere in there. And uh, so people need friendship they need companionship there's some good points about um how to have that friendship yeah and sometimes that's one of the best things you can do is just occasionally go out with a friend talk share what's going on in your life uh, maybe have a fun experience together and then you can you can sort of uh escape just for a time from some of the stresses of everyday life obviously you don't want to escape them to the point where you never deal with your challenges but it's always really good to to have those friendships and have people you can rely on and people you can relax around a little bit sometimes. Yeah, loneliness is a major major health issue for people when they uh, they don't have that support they need. But again, there's most most people can put forth some effort and get some friends, <laughs> but it takes some effort. So a really important program there today, and some good uh, details about the Super Bowl too. Uh, just some of the how much of this and how much of that Americans are going to eat. I forget how many it was, but it's a lot of chicken wings. We'll put it that way. <laughs> If you're a chicken, be nervous. <laughs> it's it's worse than uh, the turkeys for Thanksgiving, probably. Yeah, yeah, all kinds of uh, all kinds of uh, things that Americans like to get into on uh, on the Super Bowl, and which is next uh, next Sunday. I did see a. F- I don't. It's probably not. It's not funny if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, but <laughs> it was a joke that was made. And uh, again, it's just a joke. But they they said the with the Eagles playing in the Super Bowl, this will be the first time that the fan base has more brain damage than the players. So. <laughs> <laughs> the person that said it, I guess, it was like a Giants fan, so he was taking <laughs> taking a shot. I don't have any personal opinion on any of that, but uh, that was just what they threw out there. So, well, they did riot after they won that game against the Vikings to go to the Super Bowl. So that's not yeah. not necessarily putting their fan base in the best light. Well, and that one guy ran into the pole when he was celebrating. Probably got a concussion, <laughs> but. No, uh, there's obviously uh, everybody. If you like football, you've got your your team you like. So, uh, oh, oh well, hoping I, I like the game of football. I don't like all the injuries and stuff, but I do hope that uh, it's competitive and fun, close. Apparently, there weren't any injuries in the Pro Bowl yesterday, too, which is which is good since that game is mainly a showcase of the best players and not meant to necessarily have any high stakes. Yeah, they they don't want to get injured, which is a major yeah. major concern. 
Wanted to mention a concert coming up here. There's one tonight, and then there's one Tuesday evening as well at Armstrong Auditorium if you're in the area or if you're coming into the area here in the next couple of days. Uh, you can check out armstrongauditorium.com for this. So tickets for this concert, I think there's still a few left. It's actually a ballet. Uh, it's tonight at 7.30 p.m., and then Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. as well. The Moscow Festival Ballet, and there's two different shows, one this evening and one tomorrow evening. So all the details are there at Armstrong Auditorium. Uh, make sure you do stop and check out that website and uh, shows the other concerts that are coming up as well. So it's always a really popular show uh, for the uh, ba- the Russians, the Russian ballet. And uh, it's got to be a different life. I don't know. Traveling around the world, <laughs> dancing. It's just not something I ever thought much about. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, rare opportunity to actually even have tickets available for this at this point because usually these things sell out every single year. I guess it, the, the fact that we still have some available right now is 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 possibly a good chance for some more people to go yeah it's a it's a great opportunity to see um, some amazing uh, dancing and then also just even the the backgrounds that they have in the costumes i think there's a lot of history with those yeah and it takes a long time for uh, the crews to set them set that all up so definitely definitely a lot of hard work goes into those productions yeah very uh very exciting performances there uh, i want to mention one other note before we get into our uh final topic today and that is, this might might be relevant for all of us, I suppose, because we're all prone to injury at some times. There was a uh, injury over the weekend uh, or recently to an NBA player, DeMarcus Cousins. His, his, his Achilles got injured, which is a very tough injury to come back from. And what's interesting about it is they say they think it occurred, or the fact that it occurred at the end of the fourth quarter isn't a surprise. According to a 2015 study by Jeff Stotts of uh, InStreetClothes.com, a site specializing in sports injuries, 64% of in-game ruptures of Achilles in the NBA since 2005 happened in the second half of games. The finding follows this report. That finding follows this report. Fatigue or overuse contributes to Achilles tendonitis and ruptures. Mm. So a lot of times uh, it's uh, not a catastrophic. It's catastrophic, but it's not like they got hit in a violent way or something with some of these injuries. It's just overuse and overtaxation, and the, the body just wears down. So if we're a weekend warrior and we like to get out and play a little <laughs> bit, you got to pay attention to overuse. Right, and uh, Kobe Bryant had that injury a few years ago, ruptured Achilles, and he described it like it, it coiled up and, and literally rolled up the back of his calf, yep. which just sounds like a horrible thing. Like the fact that he could feel that happening – it's just disgusting to think about. Yeah, there's always a telltale sign of it. They always say the player always looks startled. They look like they think they got kicked in the back of the leg. Yeah, that's how it feels. And then, uh, then they go down. And uh, in in Kobe's case, uh, the legend that he is, he uh, was fouled, I think, on the play, and he he pulled it down and then <laughs> shot the free throw. Right. <laughs> so, anyhow. Uh, but for anybody, you know, as we get older and we still like to try to be active, you do have to pay attention to overuse, and, and that can be a can be an issue. So yeah, and Andre Robertson had that horrible patellar tendon rupture uh, the next night. Actually, the Thunder player. So yeah. so Friday night and Saturday night, you had two ruptures happen in the NBA. Both both of them did take place in the second half, and in Robertson's case, no one touched him. He was going up to have an alley oop dunk and. And as soon as he was about to start jumping, his leg kind of just his knee just buckled, and it didn't even look that bad. It looked like it looked like he got hit by a ghost because no one was even near him. Yeah, that's amazing. You you know those athletes have done that exact move probably 
50,000 times. I don't know how much they do it. They jump. I mean, how much? How many times does an NBA player jump in his life, high school and everything? And then just one day it just doesn't work. Yeah, that's right. And in Robertson's case, he was he missed eight games earlier this year with, I guess it was patellar tendonitis. So maybe he came back too early, which is also a lesson we could take if we tweak something or – you know, have some sort of injury. It is best to exercise extreme caution just just so that you don't totally blow out that area. Yeah, uh, there's that really interesting documentary from years ago. It was an award winner, um, Hoop Dreams, and it followed these two young guys in uh, Chicago as they tried tried to become basketball players, and they never made it all the way to the pros, but they were good. And uh, the one guy was better than the other, He, you know, early on, and uh, he, he blew out his knee. And I still remember in the movie where he, it was sore and it was bothering him, but he kept playing, he kind of played through it, but um, then it went on him. And I always thought, boy, if he had just stopped, he probably would have been fine. Yeah, and that's that's what's so hard in those situations when you just think it's a little bit of soreness, but sometimes that that is the only indicator that you really have that something really bad could happen. And obviously, if something is unnaturally sore, it has to be a sign of something. I mean, it, we don't just have a have a have knee soreness unless there's something not operating right there yeah it's our body's warning system so gotta pay attention to it you're listening to trumpet radio live here on 101.3 kpcg no chance of injury uh we're just sitting here <laughs> as far as i know <laughs> you can follow us on twitter if you'd like to at kpcg fm and email any uh, comments or questions or anything to uh comments at kpcg.fm and we're happy to look at those for you uh, we wanted to finish up today talking about uh, the topic of not bearing false witness. Uh, not, not, don't lie. PCOG.org. This is a write-up from that uh, website. Great uh, Christian Living articles there. This is by uh, Just the Best Literature host, Dennis Leap. So some would never consider lying in a court of law, but they don't feel remorse at giving false information on a job application. You know, we can sometimes we can kind of... Uh, put lies in different categories like well it's not that serious and it, it really ties into some of those stories you know about the the fake twitter followers and even the fake linkedin uh recommendations oh yes yeah, so and so does great on the job you know those are lies and it's a big problem in our society and and uh you know we might think it's not that big of a deal but it is a, a specific commandment of god to not lie right and it's it's interesting with this specific commandment because if you really think about it, there are literally probably a couple dozen times a day that you have an opportunity to lie for whatever reason. I mean, it might not even be something that uh, has big consequences in terms of, you know, you're trying to escape big trouble for lying. Just sometimes people re- represent things inaccurately or deceptively, and there there might not even be like even that great of a carnal reason to do so. It just there's an opportunity, it presents itself, and then we have to make the right decision, usually a couple dozen times a day. Right, and it can be easy to just uh, get into the habit of it. To, Like you said, where it's not, no reason to even do it, but yet it happens. Uh, the write-up says, Ours is not a truthful society. Leaders in government, business, education, and religion knowingly lie numerous times each day, just like you pointed <laughs> out. They are not alone in the practice. Most people admit that they lie often. Straying from the truth is an accepted way of living. And many think uh, there are sometimes good or even white lies. Like, well, it's a lie, but it's for the the good of, you know, something else. But uh, that's that's not what the Bible says. And uh, there are even people that believe lying is necessary to keep things running smoothly, whether it be 
internationally on a global scale or with uh, friendships and marriages. But he says, what is the truth about lying? And uh, then gets into it in this uh, in this write-up. And uh, the truth of the matter is, you can look at Exodus 20 and verse 16, and uh, we are not supposed to bear false witness against our neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, you know, not lying, and it it doesn't give like shades of that. You know, like, well, this one, it's okay to do a little, but not too much. And But there's a lot of lying that goes on in society. And then really in the point of this article, too, is in to to look at ourselves and think about maybe what we do. Right. And, it, and in society, lying is often justified, like you said, by, uh, you know, maybe saying that, well, if we lie about this, then we're not hurting someone's feelings or we're, you know, keeping something a secret so that there's not a big controversy about it. But what usually happens when down the road that lie is found out and it's exposed? The problem is probably a hundred times worse at that time. So, so people could easily look at a lie on a physical level as like a really short-term solution. But these lies have a way of coming out into the open eventually. And there's a really great point brought out in this article that talks about how, you know, lying a lot of times it destroys somebody's reputation. Because it, it usually, a lot of times it can be a gossip or a slander sort of situation. And, and uh, the article says a thief takes physical things that are easily replaced. However, a man's reputation taken by lies, slander, or gossip is often never restored. We see that oh. every single day in the media where very blatant lies are told about a lot of people, but in particular the president. And they will come back later and say, oh, whoops, uh, misreported or, you know, whatever. But the lie is out there. The damage is done, and that was the hope of it, to damage, to destroy the reputation of somebody, and that's lying. Right, and in that case, what? where is the caution in their reporting? Why don't they meticulously uh, uncover all the facts before they report on it? There's a clear agenda there. It is meant to destroy a reputation, and it's not just in the media. It's in a lot of these social movements, too, where you might say, well, this guy was totally innocent. He didn't deserve to get shot by police. Then you look into the background. You find the actual facts, and he had like 14 pages of a criminal record. That that person probably was doing something that would have led to a shooting. Uh, the Me Too movement, there's simply no possible way that every single one of the people who has claimed that they've been sexually harassed or assaulted is telling the complete and total truth yet they're throwing people's reputations in the trash and it's so difficult to ever come back from that because most people will just hear the initial accusation and not hear the retraction or the final truth of the matter yeah and a lot of situations that hit the media or hit the news that way there is an element of lying to it because you never hear the, really the full story. Well, what what was involved in whatever the situation is, you usually don't hear that to the point where uh, if you look at some of the commenters on different stories, uh, the more clever among us, <laughs> they, they've heard all the lies before. So I've seen comments where some inflammatory headline comes out and then they, they list all of the, the things that people are going to say about it. And uh, they're right, you know. Uh, for example, if somebody somebody uh, got got shot or something, and you know, then they have all the 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 lies that are going to come out, like, well, they were about to start college in the fall, and they were about all these things. That a lot of times aren't true because the person was maybe a drug dealer or something, but they try to put forward the best lie, and that's just one example or one story. But no matter what the issue is, 
I don't think we really get the truth on most of these things. We might get a half a half telling, but what about the full truth on these matters? And sticking with that issue of like a police shooting, uh, the lies can also include um, omissions of certain types. If you purposely omit pieces of truth, that is also a lie. The the, the one example that stands out in my mind is when uh, CNN put a video of this girl who I guess had had a relative just shot and she was calling for unity in the community. But then they cut out the rest of the part where she was saying, let's go burn down their homes. Let's go attack their communities and not destroy our own. So that was the rest of the message. They played the part that sounded like she was calling for peace and a hopeful situation when really that was not what her message was about. Mm, so she was calling for unity to band the the forces together to go attack other people. Yes, ah. very different from what they actually played on the on on TV. And that selective editing has been exposed many times. That those are lies every time. Just because someone in one five second snippet says something that you want to put out there and, and represent, that doesn't mean that it's it's accurate or that it was fully in context. Yeah, it's interesting. This. Uh article though it it uh, highlights just the fact that you know this is something every human deals with it says to stop lying we must understand why human beings lie in the first place study little children why do they lie generally little children lie to avoid punishment or to appear better than their peers you've seen this we've, we've done this right with adults it is not any different it, maybe we get a little more savvy maybe uh, the root cause of this horrible sin is vanity. You know, you, it, it, it takes different forms, but obviously in most cases when people are lying, it is, like it says, two, usually two reasons. One, to get out of trouble, get away with something, or to look better than the other person. Mm-hmm. And so that really that's that's probably the foundation of almost every political campaign, right? <laughs> to get out of something and then also to make yourself look better than the opponent. Right, and... I mean, there are two solutions that present themselves just in in those two points. When you're lying to get out of trouble, why not just live life so that there are not all these opportunities to get in trouble? Uh, Live honestly so that there aren't as many opportunities to lie about something to cover something up. And then when it comes to trying to look uh, better than other people, why not just live in a way that uh, you don't have to pretend like you're doing well when maybe you actually are? Yeah, it's uh, trying to be above reproach is a a great way to live. (laughs) It says men and women lie because they are more concerned with the self than anything else. What is best for another human being is rarely considered. Many fear to speak the truth because they are obsessed with what others think about them, especially if you think about like the social media uh, (laughs) buying the, the friends. It says, yet few people are concerned about what Almighty God thinks. This is especially true in spheres of higher education and religion. The Apostle John said that uh, said this about the religious leaders of his day. He said, for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Oops. Pastors buying Twitter followers <laughs> to make it appear that their messages are more uh, uh, appreciated than they are. And uh, it says the two most difficult things for a human being to do are to admit error and to face failure. And that, that flies in the face of our vanity, and that's why a lot of times lies happen. Right. I mean, lies pretty much in and almost every case have to do with one of those things. And it's, it's uh pretty easy sometimes to be tempted into lying 
when uh, really what we should do is use that use maybe that weakness as a big motivation to just like I said before just live live the right way so you don't give yourself any any opportunities and and sometimes even just realize the benefits of telling the truth coming clean when you do something wrong if you just own it people are going to respect that a lot and their trust for you will go up so maybe maybe you did make a mistake but the reality is that we all do at least that person will know that in the in, in the future you will not be hiding things from them uh when they when they do ask you about it yeah if yeah if you can get a have a rep uh, uh cultivate um uh reputation for being trustworthy then that's a that's a really valuable uh this write-up again from pcog.org says there are those in higher education and science who recognize the theory of evolution for what it is but they will not speak out against it because they do not want to be made to look foolish in front of their peers they fear being made fun of, you know. So people will perpetu- perpetuate a lie even if they know it's a lie if it's unpopular to speak the truth. That would be the basis for almost every social movement in the U.S. right now. <laughs> no one wants to speak the truth because they're afraid of being uh, looked down upon. Yeah, it's just a lot of surfacey self-righteousness. A lot of these movements just turn out to be uh, a, g- a gang up or a pile on uh, of maybe one situation that was legitimate and everyone else jumps in there like they're also victims or like they all are totally empathizing with the situation. Uh, you know, that that is those are the types of lies that are meant to make us feel good about ourselves. Like maybe we're losing certain personal battles, but at least we can jump in and pretend like we're on board with the latest trend. Uh, so maybe we'll feel better about ourselves in at least that one way. There is a recent comedy sketch that was actually sometimes comedy sketches might hit on the truth a little bit <laughs> and do it in kind of a funny way and it was a group of people and they were um, some of these social issues were coming up and they said uh, you know we we should really talk about this and I think I think it might have been the <laughs> Me Too movement or something and so everyone's uncomfortable nobody wants to say <laughs> anything and so they finally like pin a person down like Bill or whatever the guy's name was. Uh, what, what what do you think about this? And he's like, well, it just seems. And then people under their breath were going, careful, <laughs> careful, <laughs> because nobody wants to come out and address some of the truth, the truths of some of some uh, things that are a little more uncomfortable because we all know what the popular thinking is and what you're supposed to say about things, even if we know there's some some deceptions there. Takes a lot of courage to speak the truth. That sketch was really funny. The one guy was like, "Oh, come on! Can we just get back to talking <laughs> about the dog? I don't want to talk about this right. anymore." Oh, yes, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. I, I saw that one too. That that was quite humorous because that's that is how it is now, where there is a line that everyone is supposed to take when it comes to these different issues, and people are very scared uh, to actually say anything to the contrary even though in almost every case what they would be saying is true. Yeah, people are afraid to just speak out with the plain truth of the issue because it goes against what the common trend is at the time. Right. And I mean, and it's important to point out that the truth isn't a counter opinion or a different opinion just because it's a different opinion. The truth is what God says about it. And that's what's brought out in this uh, article is that we're very often very concerned with what our peer thinks or our neighbor and not as concerned about what God thinks. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about truth, it's not 
you know, who has the better opinion here? We're talking about what does the word of God say? That's a really good point that uh, we always need to remember, because if if there ever is a situation where speaking the truth might seem uh, controversial or uh, we might get in trouble for it, obviously, there's a time and a place to actually be speaking. We don't want to just tell truth to people who <laughs> would would get mad at us and there's no reason for us to do it in the first place. But when we have God's backing, there really isn't anything to fear. It's not just a matter of our human opinion being superior. Like you said, uh, God is on our side. He's backing up what we're saying. Uh, and that could always be a comfort to us. It says, uh, all men are only as good as their word. And if we are habitual liars, I mean, nobody's going to be able to trust us. And, and it also gets into the fact that where lying comes from, Satan's the father of lies. He's a liar and his whole spirit is a lie. And so it talks a lot more about that. And then uh, just a lot of great information. We just touched some of the, the highlights, but there's a lot more to look at in this write-up. And then it also talks about the positive application of this. It's not just like a make sure you don't lie, but there's a positive aspect of how to tell the truth and the benefits of doing that as well. And so we want to make sure we remember that also. But you can read the rest of this at PCOG.org. You shall not bear false witness. And uh, a great write-up to look at um, there at PCOG.org. Check it out. Yeah, it's like with any sin. You have to replace it with something good. So in the case of lying, you have to replace it with the truth instead of just saying nothing at all. Right. And Christ said the truth will set us free. So uh, really, really great write-up there. That's all the time we have for today on Trumpet Radio Live. Make sure you listen for the Key of David program and the Trumpet Daily Radio Show coming up. Also, just the best literature today. For Grant Turgeon and myself, Dwight Falk, have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Listening to Trumpet Radio, 101.3 KPCG.